Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. This is RJ Bell's Dream Preview, the college basketball edition. I am AJ Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner. Griffin, how are we today, friend? Uh, we're doing okay. Um, you know, hasn't been an awesome week. I mean, hard for us. I think we were so, so steaming, piping hot, like dropping our names on intros and on promo codes. It's hard to uh, keep that up a whole college basketball season, but uh, definitely taking some lumps. But uh, I think it's going to, you know, get us all set for uh, a really grueling March, which is coming up very quickly. We're already halfway through the shortest month of the year, pretty much whenever you're listening to this episode. So uh, looking forward to it's it's almost tournament time, baby. Yeah, I couldn't lose the last two weeks of January. Just everything was working out for me. I was like, I would send you texts where I had like, you know, 11 and one weekends. Like yeah. it's it, it, that's unsustainable, unfortunately. And uh, the first week of February has been a, a wake up call to the fact that, no, I haven't quite solved this game. And uh, if you know anyone who has, please let me know. I'd love to talk to them. But uh, we're still in the game. We're still fighting. And hopefully we can at least point you in the direction of some winners this week. We're going to go through the four biggest games or four of the big games. So there's some some discrepancy on what the big games are this week or this weekend. I, I don't know that there's any that jump off the page as massive outside of maybe a good one in the Big East. But we're going to go through those. We'll uh, we'll give out a promo code, at, which, by the way, will be good. Uh, for Super Bowl, since you know some people will be watching football this weekend. Some people, huh? Uh, yeah, some people. And then, uh, and then we'll get into best bets. So let's jump into it, Griff, and let's go. Let's start with the ACC, and we'll go with Duke at Virginia. Uh, this is probably a, a little bit of a letdown spot for them. Uh, Virginia is in a situation where I said, man, Virginia laying a big number. I'm not so sure. Uh, and as I said, they just kind of slow cooked North Carolina State. North Carolina State just couldn't couldn't make any shots. Uh, North Carolina State was a loser for me over or, or earlier this week. So uh, I am not rushing to the window to bet against Virginia, um, especially laying under two possessions against a Duke team that I think you really have to I mean I guess the the effort against North Carolina was nice uh but I don't know that I'm still you know on board with this team especially given we didn't they weren't even competitive against Miami like that was a an absolute drubbing one of the one of the few games that I was on the right side of uh this week was was Same Miami hell yeah. hell yeah and they they dominated Duke so Maybe this is a, a bounce back spot because it felt like Duke was finally starting to get some momentum going uh, with wins over Wake Forest in North Carolina. And then it just all it feels like everything got pulled out from under him with that one game. What are you thinking on that? And and I, I think on the other side, you know, it's it's been kind of under the radar, but I, I guess you could make the argument now that. Virginia is the best team in the ACC, and obviously the ACC isn't what it's been in the past, but if you look at the standings, conference standings, they're tied at the top, and I don't think anybody would say, you know, Pitt or Clemson, who they're tied with, are better than Virginia. Like, is Virginia maybe a team that we're we're letting fly under the radar? Um, I think I'm more interested in talking about Duke 
for because I feel like I have an opinion on them that's that's never changing, and that is that John Shire is uh, going to have a really tough time replacing a legend, and uh, I don't know how long he's going to be in that job because I don't really think his team has any clue what they're doing, and it's been nice because Duke has been a favorite or getting overpriced on the road at Miami, which I think is one of the best teams. I'm sad that they're not at the top of the conference that um, for you to mention them tied for the lead, but uh, they're one game out. Like yeah. they're right. They're right there. I mean, they're awesome. And like whoever knocked that, I mean, I gave out a minus three and a half on Miami on pregame and it got all the way down. I saw a two and a half that I ended up playing a little bit more on later. I was like, who is pushing Duke below three points off of a UNC victory? Like uh, what is going on here? Um, I think Duke has real problems. I don't think they can shoot. And in this modern day and age of everyone plays like the Golden State Warriors of five years ago, um, they are pretty incapable and they're really young, which is another thing you don't want to be in this sport. Um, As for Virginia, I kind of have decided to stop going against them because they smashed me. The only bet I put it in Vegas, actually, uh, that went right in my face. Should have just lit the ticket on fire uh, was a, a road game at Wake Forest and they just just them. I mean, there was a little bit of comeback late, but um, I've been kind of a seller on Virginia as a three point shooting team. They're still shooting 38% now, almost all like, I guess we're halfway through conference play. If not more than that, probably second, second th- or last third of we're on the like final lap of, of conference play maybe. And um, I'm starting to believe that they can shoot. We know what they are, not the same defense as they used to be, but they're still going to defend you. So I'm, I I think I'm in on Virginia being a, a solid team coming out of a pretty weak conference where they don't have a lot of challengers. So I think they're the best team in the ACC right now. Yeah, and when you look at what they've done at home, I mean, it's been abusive, to be quite honest. Like, whoever it's been, they've just beaten the hell out of them. The one exception of a team that they didn't dominate at home all season was Houston and Houston went to Virginia. And I think we all remember that win. uh, and Houston played out of their minds and Virginia struggled. I got news for you. Houston's better than everybody in the ACC. Like, <laughs> so nobody in the ACC is going to go in into, into that building and do what Houston did. Certainly not this Duke team who I agree with you is, is poorly coached. And you know, the, the rim protector, like the rim protection that Duke's getting now, uh, is 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 nice. It's playing two bigs at the same time, two seven footers, is beneficial against some teams. But like you said, the, the Virginia shooting that you can think like, oh, they they can't be that good at shooting, but they're the best shooting team, outside shooting team in the ACC. So, uh, I I, I get that Derek Lively's really picked it up defensively and. You know, they they certainly can't take Filipowski off the floor. He's their best player at this point. So they're going to I think they're going to keep those seven footers on the floor, which means that they're going to challenge Virginia to shoot. And at home, uh, I like Virginia's ability to do it. So uh, I I lean heavily to Virginia minus six. And if there's any kind of, um, you know, a, a Duke tax, like if you're if we get a, a cheaper number than two possessions, I, I'll be in on Virginia certainly. The worst Duke teams getting more than a possession were always, I feel like, a good bet with Coach K. I feel like it's almost malpractice now to build a team in a way where you have to play two seven footers. Um, I feel like I've made a college basketball living off of betting against like the four man who who basically is a center that UNC was playing for so long, and finally it got Roy Williams to retire. Um, 
I don't know what John Shire's doing. I don't really like it, and uh, I don't have any interest in taking Virginia at a home court situation where they should probably shoot even better than that thirty-eight percent. Well, I think here's what it here's what John Shire's doing. Like he realizes, okay, Filipowski's his best player, and Derek Lively was the number one recruit in the country. If you if you take the number one recruit in the country and make him sit all all season, that's probably the last time you'll see a number one recruit in the country. So. I think this is one of those things where he feels like he's just got to play him. And that's the other thing. Speaking of top recruits, you know, Derek Whitehead, I don't know when he's going to be back. And like, as far as their, their wing play, they just haven't been able to replace him. So uh, yeah, I do. There's no, there's nothing that will interest me in Duke right now is, is what I can say. Yeah. They're going to, all right, let's move to big 10 action. And we'll look at Rutgers on the road road Rutgers at the Illini we've kicked this line around Ken Palm says two you projected six I think the most I'm willing to go right now is three and a half I'm going to say Illinois minus three and a half will be the official pod projection and clearly you're going to like Illinois (laughs) yeah I'll let you since you're so strong on this I'll I'll give you the uh the tee box here I mean, give me, give me Illinois. Um, I feel like if I can get a three, I'm going to be, I've been playing a lot of openers, unfortunately, $250 uh, like limits at bet online makes it a little bit hard for that to like, how many times can you bet it before? I feel like you can get a full, like, like you feel like you've got enough and things move pretty quickly. Uh, but I'll be looking for this one. If it is three or below, um, I just feel like Illinois, I, I mean, we were both against them at Iowa. It's really, I was really surprised they lost that game. I felt like we were, we almost covered, but uh, then, which I feel like was probably not necessarily deserved. It was going back and forth, but I feel like Illinois is better on that day. Um, that's just generally how I feel. If I bet a favor and they don't win convincingly, then I feel like I made the wrong bet. Um, <laughs> Illinois, I feel like I don't love who they are and all that sort of stuff. They kind of, like Brad Underwood sometimes makes me think he's just sitting there and just like hoping the game ends, but um, they're really tall. Uh, but the the difference between them and Duke is that Coleman Hawkins can play on the perimeter and he's six ten. also like those guys are like even more important than the Jimmy Butler's from five or 10 years ago, uh, probably more like 10. Um, and I feel like they're rounding into form looked pretty ugly at times this year. I've taken care of business in some positions. Um, Champagne's going to be a, going nuts. What else is there to do right now? It's probably really cold. And uh, Rutgers has shown that they can't really play the same defense because they get called for fouls on the road and they just don't score when they can't play defense like they were. And they have one real three point shooter. Um, and Cam Spencer has shown he has some like offers in him. So uh, I'm looking to be against Rutgers on the road, be on them at home. And uh, if I can get cheap prices at three or less, that's generally what I'm looking for. Yeah, I tend to agree with this, and I'm I'm curious to see what the number comes out at. And I, I think another thing with Rutgers right now is is Mag being done for the season. Uh, that's a big injury for them because this is not a deep team. Rutgers is not a team that's just going to come at you in waves, um, particularly talented waves. So losing a, a you know one of their key contributors, one of their starting five. For the rest of the season, I, I think it's going to take some time for them to adjust. I think he's uh, also important defensively. I mean, they've got yeah. a lot of great defenders, but uh, that 30 percent three point percentage also surprisingly one of the best on the team. Yeah, for a team that can't shoot threes. Right. right. So now you're going to have to live even more so you're going to have to live on twos and they don't shoot a lot of threes to begin with. Like it's a pretty low percentage of their points come from three. 
Uh, but to lose one of the guys who can at least give that threat, I do think is a big deal. So uh, I'm not sure where I'm at in with Illinois in the trust circle right now. Not sure how I feel about them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was um, the, the late game against Iowa was uh, it, it was pretty painful. If you had an Iowa ticket, like both of us did, yep. it was like, you're right. Maybe not totally dessert, but there were some things that happened down the stretch that made you feel like you kind of got jobbed. Uh, it was just a, a weird finish to a game that, you know, Iowa didn't play well enough in, but that to me, that's promising for Illinois. The fact that Illinois was able to, to hang in that game. Uh, and now back at home, uh, against a Rutgers team that's very home court dependent. Uh, I'll be leaning to the Illini as well right there with you. Although, again, depending on the number, uh, how interested I'll actually be. I would Let's... probably say, I think I would trust Ken Palm more than my projection. I'm really surprised, but I got to say these Big Ten games all season, I've been fairly off what the market ended up closes these games at. I feel like I've done pretty well in the conference, but there's been so many minus threes that I was expecting four five or six on that it wouldn't be a big surprise that another one came. And uh, I think I might follow around that trail and just jump on the Illini. All right, let's look at another ACC game. This one, Clemson at North Carolina. We're going to project North Carolina uh, at plus seven, or excuse me, North North Carolina minus seven, Clemson plus seven. I just mentioned Clemson tied for first in the ACC, and they were kind of a, a darling sitting at 10 and one uh, right around a week ago. And since then, lost to Boston College on the road, which there's no good loss to Boston College, and uh, a loss at home to Miami. They get a week off to lick their wounds. And now they are at North Carolina. Uh, we mentioned North Carolina, you know, coming off the loss to Duke. They followed that up with a loss at Wake Forest. Uh, before that, they had lost uh, at home to Pitt. So three straight losses now for the Tar Heels. Things kind of unraveling for them. Uh, do they right the ship here against Clemson? I, I like Hubert Davis, I feel like should be on the like, like hot seat, like, Probably should not have this job. I don't think he deserved it in the first place. He was second in command on a on a team that can get any recruit they want. That was like sinking like the Titanic. Um, they made an incredible run to the championship. It was in the bag, and they let it. They let him off the hook essentially. Um, I I have, I feel like part of my season has basically been betting against Duke and Carolina. It's worked really well. Uh, it was on Wake Forest in uh, Tuesday's game. It was not close. Got a little bit closer towards the end, but was very kind of a, a yawn type of game. And I feel like Clemson has been really good to me this year. I, I feel like, yes, they've kind of had some injury troubles and they're not, um, they don't have the recruits that UNC does. So they're not able to withstand injuries like they have. Um, I love the week off. I feel like that gets pj hall a little bit healthier because he's been kind of fighting through because he can't really miss time when everyone else seems to be out with some like ridiculous injuries like an overlarge testicle or something like that that was bothering galloway like it's you can't even make that stuff sort of stuff up with clemson but they're still up at the top of the of the conference certainly taking some losses you don't love um i'm trying to figure out what i'm doing with road underdogs i feel like First half bets is usually how I've been doing it this season, um, just because you don't really want to fight a crowd for a whole game. But as that number keeps getting bigger and bigger, we have Torvik at 5.9, so about six. Um, 
that's a big enough number for me to back Clemson. I'm really not afraid of of a UNC team that's lost to Pitt at home that hasn't really covered against any of these games. I've been kind of a little more scared of fading Duke and Carolina at home because they're crowds, and I wish I hadn't been this season. Well, we we, we agree once again here. Um, I'm not crazy about the way Clemson looks right now. You know, Clemson shot which is fair, which is fair. Like they shot 36, 37 percent, or their that's what their three point percentage is on the year. In conference, they're down to 33%. They're 11th in the ACC from three. Uh, but they're the best two-point conversion team in in uh, the ACC. And they're the best free-throw shooting team in the ACC. They are also the best two-point defensive team. They're, they're the best defensive team, period, in the ACC, at least analytically. And this goes back to, okay, if, if Clemson is that great at defending the paint, uh, they allow the least the least amount of, of two pointers in in the ACC. Okay, now you're talking about this team again, another team that has they're not quite seven footers, but having Baycott and Nance on the floor at the same time, and a, a North Carolina team that is the worst three point shooting team in the ACC. Like they're they're shooting sub thirty percent in ACC play from three. So. I, I don't know where North Carolina's offensive output comes from, especially enough offensive output for them to cover what seems to be a pretty big number. So um, I'll be with you backing uh, back in the Tigers here because I just don't see a path to to a game where that lets North Carolina kind of run away from this this defense. Yeah, um, I'm looking to bet against UNC until they're eliminated. Like, honestly, if they if it turns and goes really bad, like they might be an NIT team. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if that sort of thing. Happened oh, I don't think after, I, that wouldn't shock. That wouldn't shock number me one bit. and starting the year off and everyone's like, oh, my God, UNC's back. Hubert Davis, coach of the year. LOL. Yeah, they're projected by Ken Palm to win six of their last seven. Okay. I, I, like there's games okay. on that list that I'm certainly going to be betting against them. And now, part of it is they've only got three road games left, and one's against Notre Dame and one's against Florida State. Uh, but the home games after this Clemson game, it's Miami, Virginia, and Duke. And you don't think Duke would love anything more than – remember how last season ended. I do. <laughs> I, I, I think Duke would love to send North Carolina to the NIT on the last day of the season, which is entirely possible. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i not confident in, in either team right now, but the, which is why seven points just feels a little bit ridiculous to me. All right, let's go to what I think is the game of the week. UConn at Creighton in the Big East. And we're going to project Creighton as a two-point favorite. I love Creighton. Uh, I've been very high on them since Kalkbrenner came back. I think they've been, you know, a, one of the best teams in the country, not just in the conference. However, since they came back, since Kalkbrenner's been back, one of their losses, they've had two of them. One of them came at UConn, a 69-60 game at UConn from a matchup standpoint. Uh, is there something about UConn that can be troubling to the Jays who uh, right now are just, I mean, they're, they they blew Seton Hall out of the water at Seton Hall uh, this week. They, they're playing some really good ball right now. Does, do, does UConn, their, you know, is their recipe uh, a, a bad mix for Creighton? I think UConn could beat anybody if they play well. 
Um, you could say that about almost any team in college basketball. I think UConn's ceiling is extremely high, but they just haven't shot three point shots at all. Like ever since conference play started, I don't know if that's scouting. I don't know if that's like maybe extra miles on kind of a young team's legs or a lot of guys that hadn't played together for a while. Um, I well, don't until think- the Marquette game. Well, and then they shot well in the Marquette game and blew Marquette off the floor. Uh, at you know that, that was a that was never even a close game because UConn was hitting threes. Like it, when they hit threes, they are devastating. Good luck doing that in Warren Buffett's hometown of Omaha, Nebraska. I just I don't know. I mean, everyone thought Creighton was going to be awesome. I I felt like I had a fairly good amount of success going against them earlier in the year. Just not really believe in Baylor Shireman. Um, but then Creighton lost like five out of six or six in a row or whatever that number was. Uh, when Kalkbrenner got hurt and the rest of the team kind of was like, what do we do now? So that's if you're asking about matchups, that's a concern that Sonogo goes in there and gets Kalkbrenner in foul trouble. Um, also they have Klingon as a seven foot two giant, uh, coming behind him. But ultimately Kalkbrenner is taller than Sonogo has shown. And like, basically Creighton was going on a deep run, I think in last year's NCAA tournament, if Kalkbrenner doesn't get hurt. So, um, he's shown that he can do it against the best. I think that are out there. Uh, I feel like they would have beaten Kansas if I'm remembering who they played correctly. But, um, I, I think that's the same recipe for both of these teams are going to shoot a lot of three pointers. Uh, I do think that Creighton's point guard creation is a lot better than UConn, which I think is a problem for UConn. They kind of don't really have a point guard on the team. I don't see it seems like a lot of shooting guards and then kind of um, taller kind of wings that are forced to take the ball up the court. Um, and I don't really think that that is a great fit and probably explains a little bit of why they've struggled so much in conference play. Um, I really like Creighton uh, at two. I feel like I'm going to have to chain myself to my computer on Friday when these openers come out because two for Creighton sounds like, I think I said five initially when I, when I was expecting that type of number. Um, I'd be very surprised if it, if it closes below three, but I mean, I guess it's possible. Uh, home favorites have been pretty cheap in the past week or so, and and that's one that I will not think twice about uh, throwing some money at. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you said it, and as far as, Shireman goes. I was actually, I was, I like the Shireman addition. I, I think he, I mean, obviously he's a 40% three point shooter, which helps, but what it does and what I really like about Creighton is the teams that, that can turn you over. Like they don't turn Creighton just doesn't turn it over because they've got outside of Ryan Nimhard and Trey Alexander. They've got another guy in Shireman who can handle the ball. Like almost everybody on the floor I mean, obviously, but I mean, but they're, they're not asking Kaluma and Kalkbrenner to really bring the ball up the court. But any three of those, any of those other three guys, if they've got the ball in their hands, you feel confident that they're going to make the right decision with the ball and not turn it over. So, uh, I I really like the addition of Shireman. I just think it makes him a very he's a very difficult guard for for teams, especially like you said, teams like uh, like UConn who don't really have a point guard like and if you're saying give me UConn six five guy against six seven Shireman and uh on both ends of the floor I I like Shireman in those matchups and the the advantage that UConn has in most games I think you mentioned it is their their big men and I don't I'm not gonna give anybody in the big east an advantage in the paint over Ryan Kalkbrenner I think he is the, the the best player in the big east arguably so um, I, I, I'll, I'll be right there with you. I like Creighton as well. So it looks like we got a lot of agreement on the big games. At least I don't think we disagreed on any of the four. Uh, at least that sounds like a great recipe for success. And I feel like I need to get you a big cock Jersey. Cause, uh, you, you said he was <laughs> one of the best players in the big East. I don't know if I was going to go that far, but I mean, he could be at least one of the most impactful. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what I really mean. I'm not talking about him like a a, a pro prospect or or whatever, but I mean, the the guy is a, a force on the defensive end, and his offensive game has been getting better. You know, like this is a guy who he, he is he's at one thirty five and a half O rating. Uh, in like he is seventh in the country in offensive rating. I I think most uh, I think if you'd asked uh, at the beginning of the season, you ask Greg McDermott, hey, what are you hoping to get out of Cockburner this year? It's like, well, elite defense. Anything we get on offense is a bonus. Well, you're getting great offense out of him. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think that he's been fantastic, and I think he has a a good chance to to dominate in this matchup. All right, before we get to best bets, Griffin, take care of some business for us. Let's do it. Um, please use the promo code. We get some credit for it. AJ might or might not be spending out on a Ryan Kalkbrenner tattoo. Uh, use the promo code RUSH20. Get 20% off for all listeners of this college basketball podcast. If you want to rush the court, also uh, be careful while you're doing it. There's a lot of drunk kids probably doing it with you. Um, and make sure there's actually it's allowed before you get sent to jail. Um, good for seven days from the podcast release. Rush 20. Uh, you, as AJ said earlier, you get some Super Bowl stuff included with that. If you'd like anything on the site, 20% off. My soccer pick's coming out. AJ's probably got some UFCs coming up. Um, Big pay-per-view this weekend. There we go. And, of course, our uh, our college basketball stuff. So make sure you, you get on there. Use the promo code RUSH, R-U-S-H-20, uh, and get your 20% off. And, AJ, we had a tough 0-2 last week in the best bets. Um, I think I'm going to still give you the tee box, though, because I, I feel like our, our big, big run started with that type of format. So I want you to go first. I hope so. Yeah, VCU, a disappointing loss. Although, I mean, VCU was in the dumpster and I think actually, you know what we can say that about both of our best, our best bets last week, because VCU was dead against Dayton and Utah state was, was absolutely dead, uh, you know, in their game. And the fact that both those teams came all the way back and it, it went down to the wire is almost more painful <laughs> than, than good. But either way, losses are losses are losses. We're trying to avoid them, obviously. I'm digging deep this week, and I'm going to the Ivy League, and I'm going to go with Penn plus two at Harvard. First of all, I don't think home court means a whole lot uh, in the Ivy League, probably the least impactful home court conference in the country. Uh, but this boils down to Harvard can't shoot, and Penn shoots really well. Uh, Penn is the second best three-point shooting team, second best free throw shooting team in the conference. Harvard is near the bottom in both. And when I say near the bottom, remember only four teams make it from this conference to their postseason tourney, and it's all about the regular season. Harvard now three and six in conference. They probably feel like this season's over for a team that's used to front running here. They are not getting to front run. They've lost three in a row. Things are falling apart uh, for Tommy Amaker's guys and Penn needs this game desperately. They're at five and four. They're in, in that mix. They're in that fight for the three, four, five, you know, and staying out of the five spot. So they need every game they can get, particularly games against teams that are below them in the standings. I think they can ill afford a loss here. So even on the road, I am looking at the Penn Quakers catching a couple points at Harvard, who is probably still a little overvalued just based on name alone in this conference. Good team to go against. Uh, they're, they're the class of the, the Ivy for a long time. I mean, credit to Harvard for how long they've been up there. But once you start falling, I feel like the lines kind of don't, they don't really adjust or fall as fast as they probably should. Uh, so I like that one. I'm going to go to Michigan. Um, 
They are hosting Indiana. You gave out AJ Swami projection as Michigan plus one and a half. Uh, I'm thinking it might, I mean, I'll give out all the way up to minus three. Uh, I doubt it'll be higher than that, but I feel like Indiana is in a good position to go against uh, the huge win against Purdue uh, and really a great performance from Trace Jackson Davis, but he's going to have another tough one here with a taller. And I think a little bit more mobile is probably obvious to say with Hunter Dickinson, Um, not as tall and a little bit different of a matchup, but I don't think uh, Trace Jackson Davis's speed is as much of an impact uh, as much as it w- was against Zach Eady or it will be against Hunter Dickinson. So I'm going to play Michigan, um, hopefully as an underdog, look for that. Uh, but as much as high up to minus three, don't think we'll get that high, but just want to give you all uh, a, an, an idea of how, where my limit sits. Um, I feel like Michigan played really well in a game against Ohio State who hadn't been playing well, but there wasn't a lot of respect for them in that line. I think there should be more. Uh, Michigan looks like they're turning the corner, had a good win at Northwestern, won against Nebraska, won three straight. Hard to do in the Big Ten where every home court matters a ton. I think it matters here. And I think Indiana, who has still not a three-point offense I trust, uh, I'm going to play against them and go with Michigan for my best bet. I like this as well. And I, I think you know Michigan is in a position where they need some big conference wins because uh, I don't think they're a, a lock to make the tournament by any stretch. So a win uh, in, in a game against Indiana, at, even at home uh, I think is big for them. So I do think you're going to get them as a slight dog, maybe a pick them at worst, uh, especially given that Indiana coming off the big, the, you know, the big, the wins at home against Purdue and Rutgers. Uh, I, I think that you're probably going to have to pay a little extra if you want Indiana. So I think there is some value on the Wolverines as well. I like the pick. All right. That will do it for another episode of our college basketball podcast. Griffin, thank you as always for leading the charge and for, uh, you know, bringing all the analysis. We just got to bring the winners now. That's all we're looking to they're do. Coming. They're coming. They're, 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 on, coming. they're on the, the FedEx, Amazon truck, whatever. Luckily, we built up a nice bank of them uh, in December and January. It'd just be nice to get the, the February, you know, get off the schneid a little bit is all I'm looking for. All right. So thanks to you guys for listening. And, you know, even when we go back to back bad weeks, you guys are still here for us. We appreciate it. We're trying to bring it back to the good side. I promise we're working our asses off to get it there. So uh, enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend. And we will talk to you guys on uh, on Sunday night, Monday morning. Take care.